Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, I'm as locked on Auburn as I can be without actually being the host of Locked On Auburn. That's interesting because just FYI, there is a Locked On Auburn, and I checked out one of their podcasts today. It's good. I mean, it's fine. Um, it was the pre Samford podcast. And so I'm glad to know the Locked On Network, is, you know, is so far reaching that they get little schools in Georgia like Auburn on their, <laughs> on their network. Uh, but no, in, in, a, in a very related note, I got an email today uh, from a guy who either works with or represents Jason Campbell, former Auburn quarterback. And he said, look, Jason would like to be on the show just to talk about uh, – uh, talk about the Iron Bowl coming up. Would you guys be up for it? And I said, sure. So we're going to try and have him on tomorrow for the episode that will run on Wednesday. So uh, kind of excited uh, about that. You know, I, I think my oh, first no question doubt. to him is going to, or my first comment to him is going to be, Jason, you know, we don't like you, right? We're just going to start <laughs> there and work our way up. Jason was a heck of a quarterback over at Auburn. Uh, the thing that I remember about him most, of course, we're not we're not exactly Auburn encyclopedias like we are about our Crimson Tide. But uh, what I remember most about Jason Campbell is how much he improved as a young quarterback. Uh, there were some struggles. There were some struggles. And then as he played more, as he matured, as he got older and better and better, uh, whew, in his senior year, he was one heck of a football player ended up being drafted very high and having some success in the NFL. And, and uh, I think a good starting point with him in terms of questions is, you know, hey, you know, you are a young quarterback in this league and, 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 and Bo Nix is, is learning this as he goes. And how would he assess uh, where Bo Nix is in his development? Uh, it's, it's a long haul. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And uh, Jason Campbell was certainly a different quarterback as a senior than he was uh, as a young player. Oh, yeah, he definitely was. Um, <clears throat> that senior year, he had an all-time season for Auburn. Uh, frankly, if if you take out Cam Newton's season, I mean, I would say his would probably be the best of any Auburn quarterback in the last 20, 30 years, wouldn't you say? I mean, Nick Marshall was first good. What? Didn't he go in the first round? Yeah, he did. He went to the Redskins in the Redskins first round. Man, he had a round. long career. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about all that yeah. later on. With Jason Campbell. Um, we'll talk about um, – Another we'll guy keep the Auburn to try and get on this week. Dude, we'll keep the Auburn jokes to a minimum because I'm sure dude can still kick our ass pretty good. Oh, there's, if we're not, if we're not in particular because of people who can kick our ass, we can't ever joke. I mean, there is a, <laughs> a very point. short list of people who can't kick That's our ass. I mean, and point. one of them, Stephen Hawking, and I think he passed away. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, though. Well, no, Does, did, notice we did haven't he? made any Steve. That's why we haven't made any Stephen Hawking jokes. That's exactly why. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, oh, he would mentally beat us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's he he'd put some kind of Jedi mind trick on us. Um, also want to try and get Jason Garcia, or excuse me, John Garcia on the show later on this week, hopefully to talk some more uh, recruiting. But you know, Jimmy, let's let's jump back into the Iron Bowl, and, and there's nothing really else to say about Western Carolina. Feel free if you want to tweet us about a question about something you saw in the Western Carolina game. If you want us to say how awesome. Uh, 15 and 21 played because they had two peak picks each and one of them was taken to the house. Hey man, I just said it. So there we go. Um, if you want to talk about how fast Jalen Waddle was or how, uh, the smooth moves of Devonte Smith on that, on that one reception, I just said it. So we're, we're covered. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't. Really we can jump right. I, I'm, I'm much. Even, frankly, I mean, I've never jumped into a game so fast in my life. The moment Western Carolina was over, and I watched all 60 minutes of it right there at the stadium. I didn't leave till there were zeros on the clock, and uh, I was in Auburn mode within minutes. There was no 24-hour rule or anything like that. I was like, "All right, we got out of it, only with a little dinged-up thing with Barmore, and he looks fine." So uh, uh, on to Auburn, and I was talk about Auburn Saturday afternoon and 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 I bet the uh, the coaches were as well so yeah I'm just ready to move on to Auburn it's it's the game of the year now uh, we already played a game of the century now we're going to play a game of the year and it's the game of the year because I think it just defines how we'll remember this season if we lose to Auburn and finish 10 and 2 it'll be the first season since 2010 Alabama finished a regular season with more than one loss and per the standards of the dynasty uh, it'll be an eye-opener to lose a second game uh, just simply because it hasn't been done since 2010. I think it would be almost fair at that point for these national media guys who can't wait for the end of the dynasty. They prematurely put out those columns, you know, the moment after a first loss that Alabama has, and, and really all those columns been premature. I, I don't know that I would say the same thing about a column uh, written after the Auburn game, if, if there's a loss, I mean, I would think it's fair. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree, but I would think it's more fair than what we've seen in the past. So if we lose, uh, it will define the year to be, wow, we had more than one loss. Ooh, that's a dip. Uh, but if we win, if we win, how can we say the dynasty's over when Alabama has a legitimate argument for inclusion in the final four? Uh, that just means the dynasty's rolling on. Hey, the dynasty doesn't have to end in a national championship. It has to end with Alabama annually in the mix and making the Final Four or barely missing it, I, I think, in no way uh, signifies the end of, of any dynasty. We're just rolling along. So this game will define uh, this season. Win, and we have an argument for inclusion. Lose, and it's like, whoa. Has the program dipped? No, there's there's no question. And, I, you know, we can also point to injuries and things that yes. um, perhaps have contributed to the losses. But it, yes. that being said, the two best teams we play on our schedule just happen to be our two arch rivals for the moment. And our two arch rivals will have beaten us. And right now, I mean, look, I have been in the mode of being ready to predict Auburn to win this game for quite some time. Uh, Here's my hope that Gus Malzahn gets treated as hell instead of just running the ball with occasional deep passes to Schwartz, which I think, frankly, is Auburn's best best path to victory, no matter who they're playing. I, I think that's their best path. Is they, I think they've got a pretty good stable of running backs. None of them are great, but they're all good enough, and they've got a quarterback who's mobile enough to, to make the defense keep an eye on him. And Schwartz is the fastest man in college football, and if you throw it deep to him a few times, people are going to have to respect that. So I think he can get some chunk yardage on us or, or, you know, three, four, five yards a pop if he just plays it that way and gets our young defense tired. That, But I'm hoping that he gets tricky and does some really stupid shit because <laughs> stupid gush shit a lot of times doesn't work. But my fear on that is that our young defense isn't experienced enough to handle those tricks. I would any other year, I mean, I'm sort of, let's run another trick play, bitch. But, you know, 
this particular year, it may be different that our young guys may fall for a lot of that misdirection, double handback, triple re- Lindy, uh, you know, throw it backwards. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're running in for a score. It, it, I think we're talented enough to stop those things. Are we mentally tough enough to stop them is what scares me. Yeah, having the young players, you would feel that that's going to make you susceptible to those trick plays. Auburn is not shy about those trick plays, even in these big games. You have to think it's coming. You have to think Gus wants to cook up something that's got the Gus Malzahn, a Gus Malzahn signature play, something he signs at the bottom. Gus, uh, you have to know it's coming. But here's the thing. I'm no offensive coordinator. I've just seen Alabama's defense play every week. And and, and my first thing is at Auburn, my my first thing that they're going to do is they're going to try to isolate our linebackers in coverage and get our linebackers uh, covering their backside of the backfield, particularly the shifty guys, Cam Martin, Shivers, whoever, some shifty little dude. They're going to get uh, one of our inside linebackers in coverage on him. They're going to run shallow crossing routes. They're just going to take advantage uh, best they can of deficiencies in Alabama's pass coverage in the box and uh, in man coverage on the linebackers. It's just not something Alabama's very good at. And uh, there's all sorts of benefits for Auburn doing that. For one, the throws aren't hard. Bo Nix doesn't have to complete 30-yard passes down the field. He gets rid of those balls pretty quickly. Secondly, you don't have to be Schwartz uh, to beat an Alabama linebacker. Um, So I I think that we're going to see a heavily scripted Auburn offense uh, with every imaginable way to take advantage of our youth at linebacker uh, and our lack of ability to get people covered there. So uh, that that's kind of how I see it. Now, now, what scares me to death is I don't think Auburn's offense is very good and they are going to have to trick and manipulate their way down the field smartly uh, because they're not very good. But if we can't stop the inside run, oh, it, it can be a long day. And, and And I don't think it's much to stop. I'm not saying it's a vaunted – Auburn inside run game. I'm not saying it's that Auburn inside trap is the best play in the league. I'm just stating this. Auburn's not going to have much to hang their hat on unless they can do that. So I think a real key to me early in this game is when Auburn runs the ball on straight up running plays between the tackles, are we stuffing that? Because if we're not and we have to sort of overcommit to get that stuffed, now we're going to be giving up the big plays on the perimeter and the the, the, the goes to Schwartz and Seth Williams, who's a good player. Uh, I, I think if we take away that inside run, take a few lumps in the short passing game. We're going to take a few lumps. Just don't let them, just don't let them do it to us, you know, 80 yards down the field. Uh, I, I think we'll be fine and hold them. Uh, my goal, I think a reasonable goal is holding Auburn to less than 20 points. And if we hold them to less than 20 points, I expect to win the game. Yeah, oh, I do too, if we can hold him to less than 20 points. I think another, uh, you brought up Shane Lee, who I think is one of the keys to the game. I think there are two players who are keys to the game, which may not be the most uh, conventional players that you would think of when you believe keys. I mean, most people might say Matt Jones and and Bo Nix or something like that, but I'm going Shane Lee and Jalen Waddell because Auburn ranks dead last in the country in terms of punt return yards given up. So if they, I mean, like an Auburn friend of mine said, if they ever punt to Waddle, 
it's it's on them. I mean, that's just stupid because he is ridiculously talented returning punts. And then I think he's going to be a key in terms of the receiving game too because Henry Ruggs is a little beat up. I mean, he should be fine, but he is a little beat up. Um, now, another key that is a little bit more conventional will be Jerry Judy, who has – you know, he has a history of scoring some touchdowns against Auburn. Uh, he scored he scored in his first two years. I I suspect he will have a good shot to score in this one. Um, you know, another thing, and I've, I've been going back and forth with so many things like, okay, remember that I told you about the Louis C.K. bit where he talked about he has these, this thing in his brain where it's like, um, of course, but maybe. But. He's like, of course, but, yeah. Uh, of course, but maybe where he's like, you know, of course, kids with peanut allergies, we should take every precaution to protect them. But maybe if you get killed by a nut, you're not supposed to be alive anyway. That's a Louis C.K. joke. That's not my joke. I'm just telling you what he said. Um, but and, and it's it's a horrible thought. And anybody with peanut allergies, don't get mad at me. Send your hate mail to Louis C.K. But so I was saying, you know, of course, of course, Auburn is a good defense because they held LSU, the most potent offense arguably in the country to 23 points, but maybe we should be looking at the fact that LSU still rang up over 500 yards of total offense and screwed up a couple of fourth down plays, or that game could have gotten out of hand. Um, You know, there's, and and of course Auburn is a good defense, but maybe their offense is so bad that maybe they're, maybe they're on their last leg in terms of a defense. Who knows? Yeah. I Um, sort of look at it this way. I don't, I don't think, I I mean, I know as soon as I say this, people are going to show me where I'm wrong 50 times, but this is is right most of the time. So what this rule I'm about to say is a most of the time rule. In college football, for every 100 yards you get an offense, you should have about eight points. You should have about eight points for every 100 yards. So if you have a 300-yard game on offense, you should score somewhere around 24 points. If you have a 500-yard game, you should score 40 points. And LSU didn't have 40 points. Now, give Auburn credit for keeping them out of the end zone. But I would just say typically when you give up 500 yards, you've just given up 40 points. So how Auburn avoided that, I'm not certain, even though I watched the game. Um, you know, kudos to Auburn. For, I remember Auburn had a really good goal line stand that I thought might have might end up winning the game for them. And Alabama's going to have to do stuff like that against Auburn, uh, you know, to win this game. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the Louis C.K. bit. <laughs> it's very funny. And uh, I like I like the analogy there because it's true because of course they held LSU to twenty three but maybe they gave up five hundred yards and it should have been forty no different than what Alabama gave up to LSU so uh, I think I think we've made a little bit as an Alabama fan base a little too much of Auburn's perceived successes this year the best team Auburn has beaten is Oregon uh, this next best team is A and M. Would Alabama beat Oregon? And see, I know people hate it when they do that because it's so subjective because who the hell really knows? But, you know, it's like to quote another comedian, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, when George Costanza one time said, you never know. And Jerry said, sometimes you do. Sometimes you and do, yeah. Sometimes you do. And Alabama would have beaten Oregon in September in particular. Let's say week one, <laughs> week one, the healthiest two has been all season long. Yeah, I think Alabama would have beaten Auburn. So the fact that Auburn has that one good win doesn't really affect me much in the sense that I think, well, Alabama would have beaten Oregon too. Um, so well, and let's, know, let's Auburn, not Auburn, forget, 
let's not forget that Oregon did just lose to a team that was on a four-game losing streak and didn't have the lead in a ball game since yeah. uh, sometime in four October games. or September. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, four full something games crazy. Had a lead. Yeah, so that's totally true. Also, this uh, a little more subjective, and it sounds just like you know the typical cocky Alabama fan, but Auburn has lost to Florida and Georgia. I'm not convinced Alabama would, even with Mac Jones. I'm not convinced Alabama would lose to Florida or Georgia. Would it be tight? Yeah. Would it be tough? Yeah. Uh, is, is that a game I would look forward to this weekend, going down to Florida, playing in the swamp with Mac Jones? Probably not. Probably not. But I don't – I know this, Alabama be favored to beat both, whether Vegas is crazy or yeah. not. Or uh, I think Alabama would be a favorite to beat Florida in Gainesville. And they would be a favorite at home to beat Georgia, just like Auburn did. So, here's a fair question, Jimmy. Auburn. Here's a we do as Alabama fans, we have an Auburn boogeyman complex, and we probably should. We probably should. I mean, you know, they kick six us, they punt Bama punt us, they reverse it to Lawyer Tillman when he wasn't supposed to get the ball. I mean, all that kind of shit. I mean, we have reason to we we fumble on a screen pass to Ed Sissom when Sean Alexander's getting 20 yards a pop. I mean, we, we have a reason to feel jaded by them. Okay. Um, but here's a fair question right this moment. Now I'm not saying in the pros, I'm not saying, I'm not talking career. I'm talking say over the last, I guess, let's say three games. Would, would you rather have Jake Fromm as your quarterback based on what you've seen, or would you rather have Mac Jones? I would say it at, at, Best, you'd probably say, I'd flip a coin. I mean, Jake Fromm had about 110 yards passing against Auburn. Now, here's the thing. He doesn't have the the receivers Alabama does either. I mean, now Pickens will be good in time. Pickens will be good in time. Um, A couple of those other guys will be good in time. But they're not Judy, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Henry Ruggs right now. And so if Matt can just be moderately good, you got to like those guys' chances in space. And if you don't pick Mac over from, I think it's a great question in the sense that I'm not sure how to answer that. I want to say from because of his experience and accolades, but the fact that you can ask the question with a straight face should tell us right. a whole lot about Mac Jones and Jake from about how Fromm's playing and about how Mac's playing. The fact that that's a serious, legitimate question, uh, maybe even uh, on point here, as much as this game is going to be talked about that Alabama doesn't have to a tongue of Iloa, uh, Alabama has an advantage of quarterback. I mean, we'll see how Mac plays, and I know Bo Nix is, is playing at home, which will make him more comfortable. But uh, straight up in terms of right now, who's going to play better at quarterback in this game, Alabama or Auburn? I'd say Alabama is. Well, let me. here's the other thing when it comes to Mac. Um, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because I don't know how he's going to handle the pressure, not just of this game, but this this game sort of determines his future as Alabama's quarterback. You think about this is an his tryout to be the quarterback in 2020. If he goes out there and he lights Auburn up, a very good defense, if he lights Auburn up, or even just so much as puts up 225 with two touchdowns and one pick, I mean, people will be drooling over themselves. But as it stands in the moment, Bryce Young is is looking like the favorite for the job because he had another huge night on Friday night, and I watched it online. That kid is utterly ridiculous. So, I, sort of like the 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 Jake Fromm 
and Mac Jones thing, if I'm doing Mac Jones and, and Bryce Young, I'm telling you, hey, man, I'm taking my chances with Bryce Young right now because right. I haven't seen Mac Jones do anything against anybody of substance. But maybe, maybe he'll do something of substance this weekend. And if so, then all of a sudden the, the quarterback battle just got uh, quadrupledly, quadruply heated. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would say that the opportunity that Mac is being given at, in Auburn is more of a golden opportunity to be Alabama's 2020 quarterback than anything that will happen with Bryce Young this spring. Even if you said, hey, they're going to let Bryce Young quarterback the, the Crimson team, the, I mean the white team, the first team, the first team offense on A-Day is going to be given to Bryce Young. Yeah, that's a heck of an opportunity, but it's not as big of an opportunity as quarterbacking the actual Alabama football team on the road in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So Mac can create some distance between himself and Talia and Bryce starting Saturday, or he cannot play well and we're back to square one in terms of a three-man race on day one of spring. No, and first of all, if he doesn't play well Saturday, that's why I think there's a lot of pressure on him. If he does not play well Saturday, it's not going to be a three-man. Now, it might legitimately be a three-man race. and The, coaches the fans might. won't look at it, it that way. The, the fans, fans will look at no, nope, the fans will be fans like, are. this is between Bryce. Yep. And, and you know, the, the problem, you can say, well, Coach Saban makes a decision and he does and all that's true. But if the fans don't hate you, I mean, if the fans mm -hmm. do hate you and you, there's a vibe in the stadium of like every time you don't complete a pass, they're like, there goes that son of a bitch again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> it, it, it has a way of infect. You put that feeling out yeah. there to the universe and, all you know, it sort of affects the way things go, man. I'm not look, I'm not yeah, trying to get right. all Sedona on you. I'm not I'm not you know looking at crystals here. I'm just saying that you, negative vibes affect shit. I mean, and, and so I think that that would be an issue. Um, you know, one other thing, the, the really the third key component to this game to me, I said Shane Lee, Jalen Weddle, and the third key component to me is the referees. How will they call this game? Now, uh, if I were an Auburn fan, I, I know what Auburn fans would say, well, if they don't ever call holding on Alabama like usual, then they'll get away with it. And my counter to that is, yeah, but Auburn defensive backs pass interfere practically every single pass, and they don't call it enough. And with our receivers, that's a problem. We throw it a lot more. So if they don't defensive backs play, that's a huge advantage, Auburn. I'm already pitching the first fit right now when I see Judy or Devontae break out into the open and Auburn DB uh, grabs the back of their jersey, slows them in their route, so the ball is incomplete and there's no call. I'm going ape shit about this right now. It's five days before the game. I'm already very mad about it because, yeah, I can see it coming. I, I think that it's not specifically an Auburn issue so much as it is league-wide. But, uh, you know, I, I, I agree that I've tended to notice it in Auburn games too. I've noticed it but I've noticed it a lot around the league. And uh, I know Auburn thinks they're on the short end of calls. Alabama is one of the most penalized teams in the country and also doesn't get calls against the opposition. So I think there's a good chance whoever wins, no, whoever loses the game Saturday is going to have an earful for the refs. That's unfortunate because the game just needs to be decided by the players on the field. And I don't like being the guy that loses the game and complains about the refs. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes 
you're, you're complaining about the refs and you're 100% correct. Uh, for instance, uh, Oklahoma TCU this weekend about the spot, uh, the lack of a pass interference call in the Texas a Georgia game. Those are legitimate gripes. Those were game-changing bad calls by the officials. Um, you know, ask the New Orleans Saints if a bad call at a bad time can affect the outcome of a game. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be nervous about it because, you know, we're going to do predictions later in the week. But I'm telling you right now, Luke, I, I think it's a one-score game at the end. It's going to be one-score game no matter who wins. It's going to be decided by a single score. And if that's the case, yeah, an official's call can heavily influence the outcome of a game when you're talking about a game that's decided by less than one score. Well, I think we all agree that this game is going to be a mad sprint to the finish line. And another word for sprint is dash. And that's where DoorDash comes in. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com backslash offers. That uh, still blows me away. My grandfather sold goods from a horse-drawn carriage as a child, <laughs> and now we have apps. Was he Amish? He, he didn't was know he, he was. He didn't was know he, in, he was. I'm, that's my theory. <laughs> Y'all told him he was in Pennsylvania this whole time? Or, or northern Ohio? Or I, uh, I, When my grandfather was a small child, I can promise you this, I didn't tell him much. I didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you, the horse drum carried. I mean, was he selling? What was he selling? Snake oil? What was he selling? It was actually, I, 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 I don't know why the story always stuck with me. He actually sold gum and candy. He had a, a carriage and, and would uh, buy it in bulk. Hey, my grandfather eventually became a highly successful businessman. I don't think he started it with the candy and gum empire in, in, in 1918. I don't think you so. Mean old, you mean old Paul Paul Wrigley? Wrigley Stein? <laughs> <laughs> he was the Papa Wrigley of Southern Alabama. Or was he Papa uh, Hubba Bubba Stein? <laughs> I shudder to think what they used to put in gum in my, the 1920s. How about the big but, league uh, chew? Do you remember that? Like you got it like. It oh, was yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. Well, oh, I, I used kid, to love that it. shit. Oh, and yeah, I'm talking yeah. about it was actually worse for you than actual chewing tobacco. <laughs> it was probably worse for you than cigarettes. We probably should have no been doubt. smoking. We should have been smoking at age 12 instead of putting that crap in our mouths. What was the stuff? What was the one that had like three pouches of powdery, sugary shit and you had one sugar thing that you scooped them up with? And you put put another sugar stick into the sugar and and ate that. Yeah, I remember that, whatever the hell that was. I'm sure sure I'll never live to be 70 because of it because I ate so much of it. Uh, What What was that called? What was it called? Lick a stick or... Lick a stick. I think that's that exactly cool? what it was. I think so. And gosh, I was into baseball cards when I was a kid. That you know, they'd, they'd always put like a stick of gum in, in a pack of baseball cards. Oh, yeah. And it was so, you would break your teeth on that gum. It was so terrible. But would I eat it? Oh, heck yeah, I would eat it. it was a, you could cut metal with it. It was the highlight of my crappy day as an eight year old. I guess I, I would uh, take my bike up to the local uh, Circle K, which is about a quarter mile away. And, uh, pedal my bike over there and buy a pack of baseball cards. And I had a heck of an afternoon on that 35 cents. 
I bet your grandfather was so pissed. He'd be like, why are you buying all that expensive ass gum when I got this gum made from sorghum right here? <laughs> all right, dude, wait a minute. I, exactly I, forgot, I forgot one other live read. I got to bring in our oh, new sponsor. Oh, let's do it. We did Lick it? a stick. Oh, damn it. And I just cussed him out. <laughs> that would be just my luck like oh lick a stick sucks so much oh, oh we have a new sponsor a life oh damn it our new sponsor is i dig our, i dig our, we have the best sponsors on the planet earth man between i i, I like them all manscape uh roman and 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 the app on your i can order like tell me i, I can order like a steak from ruth's chris would it work like that can I use? Oh, and I guess now that I think about it, with Roman, we kind of already have a lick of stick. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going. Not doing it. No, no. Let's let's. Lawrence let's, edit let's, that out for the old talking Tuscaloosa days. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's yeah. That that. Yeah. You know, what, what's funny about that is it wasn't said at all. It wasn't said. <laughs> it was funny. It uh, was okay, funny so, that it was. It was funny that it was. Uh, said. Also, it was funny that it wasn't said. Yeah, it was it was great. It was good stuff. By the way, okay, just you know, normally what we do on Tuesdays is we um we bring up Alabama and the NFL from the previous day. And usually there's some really good day. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a pretty nice day. He had a touchdown. Bo Scarborough almost had a hundred yards. I mean, he's come out of no he even knocked Landon Collins' helmet off. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was ridiculous. That was, Minka yeah. picks up another fumble. Minka is to fumbles like Jeff Bezos is to money. I mean, he just walks around and shit just money just falls out of everything. Footballs just fall all over the place around Minka Fitzpatrick. And then Derrick Henry is a legitimate – he he's going to get in trouble with PETA. He's killed so many Jaguars. <laughs> there, you know what's amazing to me about Derrick is, you know, all, all of us evaluators referring to myself that, that think they're good at this, uh, he's the all-time leading rusher <laughs> in high school football in the United States – and idiots like myself go, hmm, not sure he can stick it running back in college. And he goes to college, and he does stick it running back, where he wins the Heisman Trophy, which, by the way, is pretty hard to do these days for a running back. It's a quarterback award. Yeah. Derrick Henry wins the Heisman as a running back in college. What does the NFL do? Hmm, don't think his game translates to us. Now watch him. I mean, it's like Derrick Henry has made every evaluator for years look like complete idiots because it's not like, why are we surprised? Why why is anyone surprised? His production has never changed. And yet we're like, I don't think he can produce. Well, he's been doing nothing but producing since 2012. And he, here we are uh, once again. And is is he one of the top backs in the league? Oh, hell yes. And Derek, by the way, boy, there is no other league. There's no other league, which he's playing like he's going to be promoted to another league. But nope, this is the last one. He's going to be in the NFL Premier League. That's what he's going to do. <clears throat> but no, he, he, uh, I mean, he was clocked at over 20 miles an hour and it doesn't look like he's running that fast, but like, I think part of it is nobody, everybody's kind of scared to catch him. You know, the Joker talked about that in, in the, the dark night. He said, you know, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught it, you know, and that's how it is. If somebody is fast enough to catch Derrick Henry, they'd be like, oh shit, now I have to tackle him. Or what am I, what am I supposed to do? It's sort of, yeah. Do you remember when that, uh, do you remember when that defensive back for Tennessee 
uh, tried to catch Bo Scarborough and he's like, I'm really close to him. Oh shit. I don't want to tackle him. My hamstring. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. You know, and he just fell out. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was, yep. a, that was like the 90 yard run he had when he put the five fingers in that Tennessee fan's face. <laughs> I think uh, what it, it was, is, there's I mean, a lot of like, a lot of business decisions being made during the course of games. When you're talking about a 240 pound back, a lot of business decisions being made out there. Well, that's Dion had it right all along. I mean, he's he's dead on with that stuff. I mean, what are you going to do? You going to stop him at the one so that so that somebody else can get killed by him? I mean, what you going to push him out at the one? I mean, Miles Jack could push him out. What are you What are you going to do? Um, but anyway, I just thought it was it's pretty. He's having a hell of a hell of a damn year and he's going to end up going to the pro bowl i think uh, and obviously J josh jacobs didn't have a great game yesterday but nobody for the raiders did um sean Dion hamilton had a sack yep. um trying to i think robert foster had a big catch in the bills game um the bills are shocking you know, yeah. how about a shout out to brian dable who's, who's 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 offensive coordinating the bills into the playoffs and uh i read a lot of preseason stuff wasn't too many publications putting the bills in the playoffs but uh you know, and I know it's primarily, I think their defense is really good, but still, uh, Brian Dable winning games as a Bills OC. Well, it doesn't hurt that they get to play Miami twice and the Jets twice. True. You know, conversely, they have, they have to play New England twice. But, but they have to play New I England mean, twice. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's four. You're essentially going four and two. You know, you're starting out the year going, we got four wins and two losses. That's what we got. I got just five, five more wins and you might be in. You're probably in. And they're, they're I think they had the, third best record in the AFC right now, which, yeah, you know, Baltimore's got, 11. Oh, they're, they're in as a wild card. As a matter of fact, they got a two-game lead on the second wild card. So they're in good shape. I, and I dig that because I love when Buffalo is in the playoffs just because their fans are so Pulling. rabid. And, and they're hungry, man. They're hungry. I just – I love – you know, obviously I want all the Alabama guys to get in, but I tried to watch some of that Falcons thing with, with Ridley and Julio. And I mean, just Matt Ryan, he's on my fantasy team and he stunk it up yesterday. And then Amari Cooper was targeted uh, two times. He was targeted two times. And the, the last time was a great catch. I thought it was good. They were going to call it a catch, but it was terrible weather. And it kind of, it bounced off the ground a little bit. And so they called it incomplete, which ended the game. But it's criminal when you only target Amari Cooper two times i don't care if amari cooper is only in the game for two plays and then he gets hurt you should target him both of those both times. Of the times that he was healthy in the game yeah i like bill's playoff games because you talk about a buffalo game in december or january the air looks frozen the air yeah. is frozen we're all yeah. encased in frozen air that you're watching and you're, and you're like wow i'm pretty uh, we're pretty lucky to live down here in the uh, sauna that is southern alabama when you watch you need the to take, game in December. You need to take one of those uh, bubblegum sticks from your baseball carts and cut through the air, you know? <laughs> That'd do it. That would do it's it. Like a, it's like a box cutter. <laughs> well, it's one of the tools they use to uh, find diamonds. <laughs> Deep in the mountain. Um, all right, well, we are running out of time here, brother, but I think tomorrow we're going to, you and I are going to interview the one, the only Jason Campbell. And um, we sort will try hilarious. to be very nice to him. We will try to be oh, very nice to him. Of course. I mean, it's a rivalry, but uh, what a great player. And uh, what a cool perspective we'll get from the uh, from the other side. I think it's going to be interesting because he is <clears throat> officially a professional broadcaster. I am officially not. So I want to see how, what he thinks of my segues. We might ask him to do a segue. <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe, uh, yeah, I want. I hope we got something real 
real controversial tomorrow to stick. <laughs> let let him do it. Like Jason, wavefintube.com. Um, <laughs> wow. All right, buddy. Roll tide. All right. Roll tide. Roll tide, everybody.